500 years ago he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck and upon the skull of the man who killed his dad he said i'm mad i must eradicate piracy injustice and cruelty and all my sons will follow me so evil doers will believe that this man cannot die the phantom the ghost who walks enemies beware the phantom's always there but you won't find the phantom he finds G'day everybody and welcome to Expand the Phantom Podcast. My name is Jermaine and tonight you're joining us for a, a very interesting and also special podcast. Um, this is going to be an interesting one so hold on to your hats. Uh, first of all let's introduce the guys and then we'll get straight into it and explain what we're going to be doing tonight. Stephen, how are you mate? Um, good Jermaine, very well. Um, Hawthorne's beating West Coast 38 to 54 at the moment so uh it's halftime at the footy, and hopefully if this continues for the next half, it's going to be a really good night. Uh, yeah, and this could well be your last podcast. Um, Dan, <laughs> how are you? I'm currently devastated, Jim. Um, this afternoon, as we record this, Brisbane have slipped away from the top of the ladder and Geelong have gone to first place. So, <laughs> Yeah, all right. All right, so tonight is going to be an interesting one because, full disclosure... Uh, prior to the big announcement on Friday, so that's last night as recorded, we had recorded a chat with uh, Paul Mason and Andrew Constant, the creators of Kid Phantom. Basically, about yeah, about two weeks ago. That's um, and we just chatted about how's the comics going, um, getting a bit of an update, looking at the past issues and stuff like that, and then we get this bombshell. Now, the bombshell, for those who do not unknow, is that through publications have are going to cut back some publications and the Kid Phantom and Phantom's World is included. Um, and then also, which was edited from their original discussion, is apparently they're going to cut back from 28 issues to 26 issues as well so that's we've the been, regular issues per year you're talking yes about. the regular issues per year so we didn't really know what to do we didn't know whether to do the podcast and just pretend we didn't hear about it can the podcast so what we've decided to do is we're going to do a half hour rant <laughs> um and discuss. don't prejudge don't <laughs> you love your rant, Dan. You might be uh, right, to be honest, but just don't prejudge. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so basically, we're going to do a, a bit of a discussion on our feelings of the decision. And then we're going to include the discussion with Paul and Andrew. Because there's some great topics and great stuff that we discussed with them. And we believe we've made the decision that it will be wrong not to include it because, you know, there is some good stuff. So what we'll do is basically let's get straight into it. As we said before, Kid Phantom is one of the publications that is going to be cancelled. So what we'll do is we'll, we'll start off with some questions and then we'll just go from there. And, and I can see Dan's at the other end of the room. He's, he's uh, stomping his foot like a mad rhino. Oh, mate, I'm, I'm Dennis Lilly. I've gone back to the fence. I'm going to come in off a long run in a minute. There's no doubt about that. And uh, there could be chin music. 
<laughs> yeah. Let's see. Let's see how we go. All, all lots of uh, lots of hot air anyway. Um, so well, I did so I Steve, didn't go to the extent of growing the mustache, but <laughs> so Stephen, like, where where are you on it? Like, uh, so we'll start off with you. What was your first reaction? And like, have you? calmed down or had to think about it after the you know after the last 26 hours of the of the announcement uh or my first reaction was uh or phantom world i could take a leave anyway yeah um and that could that was that could be absorbed in the um in the main issues anyway which which it was at the start yes um but kid phantom um my first reaction is they've um they've kicked out of bounds on the full um, just because I'm watching the footy, so I've got the footy analogies going through my head. Um, c- complete missed opportunity with the um, uh, promoting the the uh, the comic, especially at at launch. Um, like we, I'm, I'm sure we said on the podcast that they had a um, the opportunity to do um, a big promo on it and to really uh, pump it up and. For some reason or another, uh, they didn't go through with it. So really, the only people who knew about the comic were were the, the actual kids, fans. Yeah. Were the were the kids of people who were already getting the um, comic, plus mm. you know the people who were actually already getting the comic. Um, they did have one little foray into K Zone or whatever it was. Um, so that was like one or two pages once, you know, a good couple of years ago now. Um, yeah. So I think yeah. you raise I think you raise a brilliant point that their marketing from yeah, the start was flawed. There should have been posters. There should have been right up there on the um, on the counters at news agents. Um, you know, a big you know, a standee type thing like a cardboard standee to say Shelf look talker. what's look what's new. Yeah, that sort of thing. Um, yeah. yeah, they could hold you know three or four of the comics in there with a you know a bit of design. You know, kind of like with the um, with the collector card box that they've got. Now you know that little standy type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, all, all those sort of things would help draw attention to it. Um, I know that, uh, or media advertising like TV and and radio would, of course, be uh, far too expensive. But you know, maybe maybe in newspapers or in other a type of magazine, like they should have done, hit the the kids' magazines harder. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, so. With all of that, are you surprised that I guess we could use the word that it has failed without that um, marketing? Now that I've said all that, I shouldn't be surprised, but I still it still was surprising because it is such a great product. And like um, yep. like I said, I'm pretty sure I said it in our own private little messenger thing, you have the best product in the world, but if no one knows about it, it's not going to survive. So like my kids love it. And we'll hear from um, uh, Dan in a second, knowing how much Angus likes it. Um, I've been told, Jeremy, that the comic's not going to be any more. Like, we've still got four issues. Like, we've only just had issue number eight, haven't we? Yes. Yep, so there's four issues left. Um, So is there four issues or is that... um, It's issue number 12. They say it was up to 12, wasn't it? I thought that was Phantom's World. I'm reading that as both. Okay. Um, I, I read that differently. I'm just pulling up the post now so that um we can get the exact wording but i'm sure there was like a guarantee about phantom's world and a hope for yeah um and the thing is it's not that kids found going away the way that yes, i read it it's going to be a good point. like a, like a supplement 
you know, like the heart of darkness, like um, venom mm, by gaslight. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it, it does change what it is. It, um, here's, here's the direct quote from the Free Publications um, Facebook post. It is our intention to continue publishing Phantom's World and possibly Kid Phantom for a few more issues in order to fulfill our commitments to subscribers, after which they will cease to exist as standalone publications. Yeah. So I like to think that they can still get through like, you know, eight or 12 months or whatever it is, nine, 12 months. That'll, be, that'll give us the, the, the issues of kids. I'd, I'd like to see before it gets absorbed into the, to the main roster um, that he actually reaches, mm. where's he going? Clarksville, where he's going. Yeah. And, and sees Diana. Yeah, or at least, you know, do something with the Panther. At or least arrives. Like the whole thing's been about yeah. a journey. He's got to at least mm. arrive. And I think we've got to arrive. We do. We do. We talk about this with uh, Andrew and Paul shortly, and um, it was all very vague. But yeah, I'm. I really, at, at the very least, that's got to be the end of what I would have hoped was chapter one of Kid Phantom. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, this is like parts one to well one to eight so far of chapter mm. one. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. A, if you want to have a heart, heart of darkness type. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Approach analogy of it. Yeah. What about you, Dan? Mm. What do you reckon? So, Dan. Mm. Yes. Tell us. This is your chance to rant. I'm really disappointed. Really, really disappointed. And um, a big part of that is obviously my son, who has just embraced Kid Phantom like you wouldn't believe. Um, and I think people who listen to the next part of the podcast will hear that in his voice because he gets involved in the podcast and you, and you'll hear that. Um, I haven't told him yet either, and I'm not sure how, um, he's got a subscription, which I renewed only a month and a half ago because he was getting it on his birthday. So I'm not sure how that will be communicated to him. And and I feel like I'm just going to let him find out by the way that Fru wants to tell him just to... I don't know. Maybe that's, I don't know what that is. Um, I just don't want to tell him myself, I guess I'm trying to hide from it. Um, <laughs> now, everything that, uh, that Stephen has said, as he was talking through all of the, the possible marketing uh, things that could have happened and didn't, um, I've got to admit my blood was boiling a little bit. Um, I was thinking about the kid phantom short film, which we've seen, but has not gone to general publication. Why not? Um, that's something that could have helped. Yes. Um, you know, we how do, how do kids get engaged with something? And, and that you, we talk, we've talked so much about the reading and the artwork age of the publication, but the marketing age of it, there's been no marketing to to the right age group. The the short film was a real possibility. The website, which Angus actually brings up in the podcast that you're about to hear. Um, was a possibility. That's how kids these days get involved in stuff, um, and it, and it's and it's important part of your marketing process. So that didn't happen, and I'm sure I'm, I'm you know, I love through and everything that they are able to produce for us. Um, I'm just so disappointed that this wasn't more successful. And um, yeah, I, I'm, the thing- I'm, I'm just really upset. The thing that I that I take issue with the announcement though, um, there, there's a line there about the marketplace or the market. Yeah, yeah, and and Dudley seems to point the finger at us, the consumers, for not succeeding. 
Mm. Um, I take issue with that because I've, yeah. <laughs> I've done my utmost to to buy yeah. things. So I'll, I'll just read the direct quote so that everyone mm. understands. And I know where you're going to go, Jim, and, and I understand it. Mm. The direct quote yeah. is, it's a business decision which has been made in response to the marketplace, dot, 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 that's you. But he's... Like you and I, no. like us guys, we've it's not us. And stuff like I understand that. that. It's not us. It's the old farts, basically. No, and you always go to the old farts. I don't think it's just the old farts. It's 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 consumers. It's not. Depth. It's not. It's not an old farts comic. That one. No. So yes, they they're gonna bitch and moan about it because it's not for them. Yeah, but, but there you, wasn't. But people who it was for didn't know about it. But there and and there were older fans who were buying it specifically for their grandkids and that sort of thing. And we saw those posts. We read those letters in the fandom forum. So that that, that market's there. Um, but it wasn't um, it was only it was only ever published to that audience, to be honest. Um, mm. it, it wasn't placed in with the kids uh, magazines and the kids comics. And we talked about that when we talked about it launching. Well oh, we hope we see it in Woolworths. I know I, I was talking about that sort of thing. Yeah. Mm. That it's on the shelf, so, its own, and that sort of thing. Okay, so so let's let's so distribution, okay, so, I think, is is part of the problem. Yeah, I like. I don't think, I don't think the problem is just the market, and I don't think the problem is just through with their lack of marketing for whatever reason it is. And we know marketing spent takes money and stuff like that, but yeah. to make a product, you need to do it. Yeah. But there. There is a lot of, you know, and, and I, I see a lot of the comments and I'm sure you guys do as well, where it's like, that's not my phantom. That's, that's not how the phantom looks. And so there, and, then, and this is one of the things that I, that I think why Dynamite, the last phantom failed even before it had a chance to succeed was because it was something that looked different. And so straight away, they a lot of fans, and we talk about, we've talked about in countless podcasts and we've heard from creators where they say Cy Barry is the house style. If you can't draw like Cy Barry, you don't draw the Phantom. And, you know, and Kid Phantom is not Cy Barry. And so a lot of fans, and, you know, and not the hardcore fans that we interact with every, every single day, but on to, we're talking about the the majority of the fans, the majority of the silent fans that buy the comic, you know, the, the five, six to 10,000 people that buy a comic, only probably one to 5% of them are us hardcore fans and the rest are just the, the, every, the everyday Joe fan. They didn't buy the comic. So if a comic doesn't get brought, you, you're not going to get a comic. Mm. So yeah, you know, yeah, through there's there's a lot of blame on through in the sense of the way that they didn't market for whatever reason. We're not privy to that, but there has to be a big finger pointed to the market, which is the fans mm-hmm. who did not buy the comic I, as well. I, I think and, what you're saying is that if Paul Mason had drawn like side Barry, it would be a success, and I yeah. and I don't I disagree with that. Yeah, I do too. Look, I I think that no, that's that's not say, what I'm saying. When when you say I I would point I would disagree with your work, use of blame there. I'm not blaming through. I I commend through because they had they had a crack and yes. they tried something new. I, I absolutely commend them. And to get eight issues out that we know for a fact are coming out. I fingers fingers crossed twelve, but I just under the circumstances of this announcement, I can't see twelve. 
Um, fingers crossed, maybe 10, but anyway, whatever it is. And, and Paul and Andrew say this in the podcast that we're about to have, like they were, they were, they um, knew something was up and didn't tell us. Yeah. I think you might be right. <laughs> and I think in, I think in hindsight, you can, um, I think in hindsight, you could probably pick that up. And that was the question that I had from someone who knew that we had did a re- recording with them was looking back at it in hindsight. Could you tell that something was up? And, you know, that will be an interesting point for people to find out for themselves when Com- they listen to the next part. Is, yeah, completely different is, perspective to when we had when we were interviewing mm. them because we had no clue and didn't, you know, I, I forget all of the exact questions, but we didn't actually, uh, we certainly didn't say, so what does it feel like now that it's over? We, we all assumed, yeah. hoped that it was continuing to go. It'll be interesting even for us three to listen to the conversation again in oh yeah, and, and see if we. I'm can looking forward to it. Yeah. I'll probably just skip this conversation and go straight to that. <laughs> so what we'll do is we're not going to timestamp, but we want people to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> so, so my heart is devastated at the news because I'm a glutton. I like more comics. I like, you know, having a fan comic every single week. But my head, and I think this is where we have to commend through is that they can separate the two and that they can make a business decision with their head rather than their heart is that if something's not working you have to change it if you want to be successful in business especially in a hard industry like comics you know we 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 see the big shots like marvel dc idw uh dark horse all these other type of guys when they when when stuff struggles to sell they can it straight away and it would have been very easy for free just to continue to fork out the money. And and you've got to remember, for a kid Phantom comic, you gotta you gotta pay for colour, you gotta pay for the art. So colour printing, you gotta pay for the you gotta pay Paul for the art, you gotta pay Andrew for the writing, and you gotta pay the license for uh, King Features as well. When if you compare it to something like Giant Size, where it's you know, where you don't have to pay a license as much as what you would with this. You know, Giant Size is probably a cheaper comic to produce than what Kid Phantom is. And so, in a sense, you would you probably wouldn't have to sell as many Giant Size as you would Kid Phantom to make a profit, to be able to make it profitable. And we've seen through um, canned stuff before with the Kiwi covers. Hmm. So... You know, they're not they're not afraid of making the hard call, and we have to commend them on that, and we have to commend them on giving it a go as well. Yeah, I've already I've already said that, and mm. I, and I do, but I just when you say um, I commend them on giving it a go, I, I'm not so necessarily sure I commend them on the business side of it because, um, and and this you know I said I'm coming in off the long run, and I'm and. I just think that for all of those marketing things that we talked about before, the money wasn't put into it in the right way. And maybe yes. there was more money that needed to be put into it. I don't know. But, um, I, and I don't have that sort of money and I can't do it and all the rest of it. I, you know, I think I, we all, I think, I think everyone would agree on that. And I would be very surprised if Fru uh, disagreed with us on that, on this point as well. I oh, think I, I, genuinely, yeah. I, I know you've had various conversations with various people, Germ. I haven't had any conversations with anyone from the Kid Phantom team or from the um, Fru team about this since it happened. And I'm just going on my own 
you know, yep. we, we talk about by the fans, for the fans, very much from a fan's perspective. Um, I just think that, yeah, as I say. Um, they dropped the ball. They picked the ball up and they ran with it until they got tackled, <laughs> you know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm going with that one. They yeah. picked it up, had a good run, and um, but they've just, you know, after a while, if it's not making money, well, yeah, it. it's, it's hit them. Yeah, so, and, and they could have but, they they could have had more marketing behind them in the scrum if you want to keep using yeah. rugby in there. Well, I'm still so telling you. We're in, we're <laughs> but they're trying to try get a little. But they're going to get a little sneaky handball out and put it in the in the. Well, hopefully they're going to put it in the main issue. So it's well, not just going to okay, be so completely wiped out. I yeah. think that's. Can, can I be blunt? And Go I, for it. there's no seven second uh, dump button or anything. I think that's crap. I honestly do. If that's going to go in the main comic, you're hiding it even more. If the problem is, oh, it's in amongst the main comic so people don't see it, tucking it in the back eight pages and then maybe putting a little stamp on the front, no kid's picking that up. Like their parents will go, oh, that's right, this is one I've got to give to my kid as well and they might start reading the older comics. But um, I, I think that that is a cop-out because we finally are at a point where we can get through Heart of Darkness because Gaslight has stopped and that's a different conversation for a different podcast but i think that that um is just we're, we're looking forward to phantom in vietnam coming into those eight pages that kid fan, yeah. that's not a place for kid phantom um i think it would have been i think it would have been a place at the beginning no they should have had they should have had kid phantom as well in the in the um in the normal comic no. as well. No, because, because what are you do that? Put no, 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 Pages of, a, of an issue like the um, American University one where there was gang rape and that. There's, there's very serious adult themes in the front of Phantom well, Comics. Don't put a kid Phantom in the back of it. No, you, you're jumping the gun a little bit here. Just, you know, sit down and stop being a... Um, who's that, the uh, kid, where are the kid Phantom ones come in? Are they just in the normal know. things? So what? The kid, you know, the, the Scandinavian ones. Phantom kids, Phantom and kids. Phantom yeah. and kids, yeah. So they were in the back, they were in the normal issues. And then they then they collected those as a trade paperback. Yeah. So so what what I'm saying, Dan, is you because there was definitely there was definitely the they had the trouble of getting regular readers as well as the new readers to get Kid Phantom. So if you had put the teaser in the kid of the kid fandom in the regular issue as well, obviously you wouldn't do it in in that story that you referenced where there was you know adult themes. You would do it in a more in a in a different type of comic, in a different story where it is a little bit more suitable. But it could have been a good little bridging uh, ploy to be able to put a teaser to be able to do it. But that you know that that that's in the past. We can't really. You can't really um, discuss that as much because it's you know in the past what's what's happened has happened, but yeah, I, I agree that you know Kid Phantom deserves its own publication. But Kid Phantom being in a regular comic is better than not having not having any Kid Phantom at all. Surely you'd have to agree with that. I agree with that. I just don't think I think it's a backward step. And I, I, listening to what you say, yeah, maybe, and it's a, certainly a cheaper way as, lo- as long as the trade paperbacks come out. But it's going to be a lot longer between trade paperbacks if you're going, if you're accumulating eight page stories instead of the the thirty that we were initially. Well, maybe here's an idea. Maybe we do a Kickstarter for graphic novels. So instead of getting um, Instead of you know collecting the issues 
and having singular issues, we do 100 pages and then we do a Kickstarter campaign. So then that way you know you're going to get, you know you've got your money for it straight away and then you can pay for it. And then that way, if the interest is still there, we're still getting the comic. Maybe that is an option. Mm. Most fandom, you know, we managed to get the funds for the board game via Kickstarter. Uh, people have already, you know, a lot of fans, well, a lot of the fans that would do that have already are now used to Kickstarter. So maybe that's an option. It's essentially a fancy form of pre-orders, and we know that fandom fans are not afraid of pre-ordering things. Oh yeah, there's 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 a few fandom fans that love the whole concept of pre-orders, but um, <laughs> but but to be honest, and you know, pre-orders is a fairly well-established thing in you know in America and a lot of other. Uh, comic industries people you know some people understand the concept of pre-orders um but yeah yeah it's an option Hmm. surely you know if if fru were worried about needing to reach that mark which makes it profitable maybe kickstarter is the way of doing that so then that way every you know we can get a kid fandom graphic novel twice a year or once a year or something. It's no, not, it's, I wouldn't think you get twice a year. Mm. No, it, there's a lot of work. You get, once every, you get once every few years if, mm. if you're lucky. And um, again, you're still appealing to the same old market because mm. there's not a lot of nine and 10 year olds that have got a Kickstarter account. No, you're right. And I think that's the, that's the problem is that they failed to reach yeah the mark which was what we've kids. been saying which is yeah. what i think what Stephen what, what we opened up with <laughs> yep <laughs> i think yeah, Stephen yeah. nailed the whole conversation before i even opened up my mouth just to express how disappointed i was in all of the things that Stephen had absolutely nailed <laughs> <laughs> I, I really do hope that the uh, the kid phantom film comes out at some point anyway like uh, at what okay i'll uh, can i say this on air i'll just uh, Three, two, one, clap to identify <laughs> where this moment is in case it's an edit point. But um, at what point do we put the Kid Phantom film on the P3? We've we've shared it amongst the three of us um, and we've had the um, MP4 version of it available for a year, 18 months maybe, since I went down to the the Griffith Films. You know, should that should we just put that on P3 if, if Fru aren't going to use it? Okay. I think um, we should ask Paul Mason that first. Yeah, you're not going to, because you've already put something on P3 that we had to remove once. Um, <laughs> um, I have had a conversation with someone in the last short period of time, and I mean short period of time, I've been out, so I haven't had, actually had a chance to share this with you guys. Um, but yeah, it's being shared very soon. Probably by the time this is published, I would expect it to probably be out. <laughs> oh, so in the next 24 hours, 24 yeah. to 48 hours. Yeah, right. I would expect it to be out now. Well, like, that, honestly, I've, yeah. <laughs> it could, pardon the sarcasm, but whoop-de-doo. I mean, yeah, it's a little, it's a little how, bit too late. How bloody too late is that? Yeah, but again, how uh, was the movie a two-minute movie really going to be the silver bullet that No, but at least shoot it. It was four minutes for a start and they made it 18 <laughs> months ago. Just fire the bloody bullet, whether it's silver or not, at least it is out there. So, anyway. anyway. Uh, yeah. 
Anyway, I think we should get into the main podcast now. We, <laughs> we should listen to the um to the creators Paul Mason and 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 Andrew Constant because this is a fantastic conversation. It's so positive <laughs> and full of life, and Andrew doesn't even swear. So, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I think that's this is a perfect be, segue. That's going to be a good point. Someone's going to have to listen to it before we upload it and know whether we can uh, whether we're going to press that e yeah, button no. or not. I am going to have to do that. <laughs> And um, just to test it out, this is my current feelings on the uh, the cancelling of Kid Phantom. Just so. F- <laughs> so yeah. So what we'll do is we'll we'll finish it up. Um, uh, so thanks yep. for listening to our preamble. Mm. Uh, thanks guys for joining us. Um, it will be interesting. I think. You know, it's very easy to think with our heart, and everyone's everyone's devastated, and um, it would have been a hard decision for Fru to make. Um, so let's see how let's see how everyone takes it. And in the meantime, listen oh, to the following cool. following podcast and enjoy it. And hit us up with your comments on what your feelings are. As well. That'd be greatly appreciated. Um, so let's hand it over to the interview. G'day, everybody. And for those who are coming in late, you're listening to Expand the Phantom podcast. My name is Jermaine. And tonight we have a full panel. Uh, Stephen, how are you, mate? I'm very well. Thanks, Jermaine. And yourself? Very good. It's good to hear you. Um, and Dan? Oh, that's good to hear me. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, how are you, my friend? I'm here, mate. I'm awake. Those are the important things. That's good. So tonight, tonight I'm very excited about tonight, guys. Are you excited as well, mate? I'm always excited to be to be talking, talking to phantom. Yes. Uh, no, not to you. I'm also <laughs> always excited to be talking phantom with people who are creators, and uh, they're yes. they're my favourite podcasts. And uh, we're talking to a couple of returning guests who were a lot of fun last time, and uh, really looking mm. forward to um, checking in on the project. Mm. And so, I, mean, I, I missed, yeah, I missed that on the on the chat last time, and um. There's a surprise. <laughs> uh, so this is why we haven't got video at the moment, Dan. <laughs> I think we should introduce them. What do you reckon? Yeah, well, um, so for those who can't read uh, the, the title, we are, I'm very lucky to have both creators, uh, Andrew and um, Paul. I've been told I have to uh, introduce Andrew first. Um, so Andrew, how are you? Good mate, how are you? <laughs> I didn't even see that bus coming. <laughs> Can't be wondering. Uh, oh, I mean my little ego, sure. Hi. How are you guys? I got down the license plate, it's all good. <laughs> Sorry, I have to apologize up front. I have the squealiest laugh for a six foot four man. <laughs> So welcome, guys. Um, thank you for joining us. Um, oh, I'm assuming uh, everything's you know going well. Um, you're still enjoying doing the Kid Phantom and everything like that as well. Yep, life is good. The, sh- the comic is fun. I put up with Paul. It's a good time. That's good. Well, the comic's fun at least. <laughs> <laughs> and and oh. that's it. the comic is fun. Like I, yeah. I enjoy every time it comes out. You, you know it's going to be a, a fun little adventure and, and mm. one that we enjoy and one that we love sharing with our kids. And mm. yeah, that's the word we mm. always use to describe it, is fun. 
yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, oh, no yeah. worries. There's actually a lot of work which goes into making something fun. I think it, because I write in a few uh, genres these days, I actually think writing for an all ages market, make, making the story both light, but also a good story as well. It's probably the hardest writing that, that I do. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm. Well, yeah, it's slightly different than um, The Demon, <laughs> Hell on Earth. Yeah, yeah, that's a light and fluffy tale about good people of <laughs> upstanding fire. Are, are you ever tempted to slip into rhyming couplets for Kid Phantom? I'm tempted to slip out of rhyming couplets at any possible moment, Dan. <laughs> rhyming couplets are the hardest thing in the world. I remember when I got that joke, I went, oh, great, Demon, one of my top three characters. I love this character. I went, Oh no, rhyming. <laughs> so yeah, no, I, 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 that's the, I will, I'm willing to make any sacrifice for Etrigan, but he probably won't know about it because he's a demon. <laughs> Fair enough. So we're now eight issues in, um, mm-hmm. which, and how many, how long has it been in years? I must admit, I didn't research. Uh, two, I reckon. Almost. Oh, yeah. Two yeah. more? Would you say two? Yeah, the first one came out uh, April twenty seventh in twenty seventeen. So, wow! So just over two years. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, eight issues, two years. Did you ever thought that you would still be doing this two years later when we, you know, when we talked two and a half years ago? Um, I'd hope so. Like with comic book runs, it's the hardest thing is to assume length because mm. these days a run can be anywhere from four to like four issues long for some great runs to anywhere from a hundred issues long when you look at say Peter David when he did the Hulk. Um, I'd hoped and I think Fru had hoped and we'd all hoped that it would have lasted this long. In fact it has is is actually still really exciting. Like to do a two as Paul actually said it best, what did you say to me earlier on in the week about a two year run? I don't know. This is amazing. You, I think said, I said, you said run on comic books is pretty uh, yeah, amazing. I said like the average run is probably six to 12 months, you know, which is about yeah. 12 issues. And that's a team of people with kid fandom. It's, it's us and, you know, um, obviously lettering and publishing that, um, Frank and Dudley and all that those guys do as well, but it's essentially just the two of us kind of doing mm. the lot, you know. So it's um, uh, mm. yeah. I, I guess when we first started, uh, there was that always that that idea that we would be telling stories, you know, that are, are sort of interweaving with all that sort of mythology or or, or continuity, um, but. I don't think we put a number on it. I think it was just organic as it, as it went. So. Yeah. I keep on saying to, um, to Glenn and also to Paul as well, that this is the most fun comic I've, I've worked on. Like, like not saying that other comic books haven't been a great experience, but this is pure fun. Like, you know, yeah. I get to work with Paul who ostensibly puts up with me, which I apologize to his, partner for all the time um glenn is really great as well um really good with the ideas and dudley renee are great as well so it it's an easy it's an easy book to work work on in in that regard like you show up you do a great job and you get to do a great job yeah Mm. i would hope that the 
run is still going because the boys haven't even got to Clarkville yet. So we'd like, <laughs> we'd like to see him arrive at school before. Uh... <laughs> no, like, I'm, I'm not really big on getting, getting them play places. I, if, I, if, I, I'll, if I could, I could make Clarksville like just this thing that's over horizon for the rest of their life. And I think it's, I think the journey is what's exciting. Any, like any narrative is a journey. And why we will get Clarksville there, the idea of we're stopped and it'll, it'll be a great journey, but I've really enjoyed watching these kids travel halfway around the world and no matter, matter where they went, you know, their life was calam- calamity. That's been really fun to, mm. um, well, to write so Paul can make my words make sense, basically. Mm. Yeah, the journey, and I get, I get, the journey is fun. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, it, it is fun. And I guess that's the, the advantage that you've got is that you can, yeah. you know, do eight comics to get, you know, almost to Clarksville where, in the comic strip, it was probably, you know, maybe three weeks or, or something like that. Exactly. And, and having the journey, um, they're in different places nearly every issue. Like you've had mm. England and, and now we're, oh, we're in the States yeah. now. But, yeah, so you're able to stick them in just about wherever you wanted to put them, really. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was a challenge, too, in a sense of uh, you're always drawing a different locale. Mm. And yeah. <laughs> extensive day of just reference material and just trying to make sense of something that in you know if that was written in the story you go is right that because okay. of the injury no, thousand warriors <laughs> is now. times square is probably the thing that you earn the most money on with the least amount of effort so, that damn thing took nearly a week uh so, so just making that, sure the logistics of all that fit yeah. within the loose time frame uh, or even locations like i learned a, a lot of knowledge about the shipping movements of the ivory coast just so the logic <laughs> you know like for instance it would say something like Okay, the boys get off at the the main dock uh, in the city, the Ivory Coast, and then when you do your research, you realise it doesn't exist. So you got to try to, um, <laughs> you got to try to. It was interesting just finding the reference material and even using Google Maps to try to get a lay of the land, and then decide. Okay, I can incorporate maybe a little bit of. Um, you know, some of this footage of the marketplace with a little bit of this of the skies the cityscape yeah. kind of feed all that in and and then that's the the fun of the challenge that you know um you know andrew gave me um and which worked well for other stories because then you know in writing when i had to write and draw my own stuff you're no longer fearful of can i do this because you've had that force you know, it's the old saying of if I had to write that sequence, it would have been maybe three warriors traveling with Kit as opposed to you know, <laughs> the fact that these, the fact that Andrews pushes you to try new things, I think has helped a great deal from even just a comic mm. book sense. So I, I don't think I'm pushing so much, and just I'm an incredibly lazy writer, and I want to. No, look, it's, it's really funny because the things which I get post, the hardest things for me are probably the easiest things for Paul in some regards because it's when I'm doing the talking head exposition stuff. That's always the hardest thing to write because you want that to be smooth. You don't want that to slow mm. down. You want to give all the information up. I know with Paul, 
Um, whilst he puts a lot, lot, lot of work, work in, that's not going to be his hardest page. But when I write something like A Thousand Warriors Walking Down the Street, um, that's probably the easiest page for me. And Paul just looks and goes, oh, great. Nupti's just printed something else. <laughs> yeah. mm. So, Paul, does that mean that you're going to be relieved or bored um, when the, the guys do actually get to Clarkville and you've just got the same setting over and over um, and perhaps uh, even just reusing backgrounds and that sort of thing? Uh, I, th I think... Knowing Andrew, I, I know that even he would be bored <laughs> if we were doing the same kind of sequences over and over. Um, to be honest, sometimes the talking head stuff bores me to tears. Yeah. Um, which is partly the motivation why I pitched doing that, the Vietnam stuff in the first place because it was like, okay, while I'm doing the talking head stuff, which is important, um, I want to kind of be drawing stuff that I feel like drawing. Does that kind of make sense? So yeah. I think... But having said that, like, as I said, a Andrew has a good way of finding the adventure wherever the boys are. Like, they find mm. a lot of scumbags. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> just scumbags just come out of the woodwork. So, that, I was thinking, yeah. that's, that's, that, no, you're right. I says, so, that's the fun part when they have to navigate a new place and then um, you've got to design a new villain. And then um, the sooner we can get sort of kit into the costume, the the the, the funner it becomes. So mm. that's, um, um, he's pretty. I like the fact that he balances that stuff out evenly, and it makes fun in that regard. That's lovely, Paul. But I'm not paying you for your comments. <laughs> you don't pay me at all. No, I'm not. That's good. <laughs> uh, so would that be your? Um... Would, so like, what are the biggest challenges? Like you've started talking about some of them. Are there any other challenges that have really, um, uh, during this series that has either pushed the deadline out or, 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 or uh, stressed the, the relationship or, or anything like that? It's actually been, I'll talk from my point of view because I'm sure Paul has a vastly different opinion. <laughs> um, <laughs> Paul and I actually think very similarly about storytelling. Like when I write a panel um, or a page, I really try and visualize how that page would work. So I'm never trying to put the artist, I'm never trying to put the artist under undue stress because I'm making a Paul judgment call. Or, mm. um, so when I see the pages back from Paul, they're invariably what I would expect. Not what I expect, that's what I hope the page would be. Yeah. Um, we both have a very similar approach to storytelling as well, how we like beats on the page. And as we've developed the kid fan story over time, <coughs> pardon me, the way the actual page beats have, we, we've both changed our story uh, telling in certain ways, but basically in the same direction as well. Would you say that's correct, Paul? Yeah, no, I, I, I'd agree. I, I, um, I think um, Andrew makes a lot of choices that I would make. and But I think, I don't know, I can't honestly say whether that's just something uh, I've picked up via, you know, atrophy or, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, or whether it's it a natural sort of thing. I don't, I don't know. I just draw what's there. The only challenge that I feel like I sort of have is, one is if it's a, 
if it's uh, just log- like I spoke about earlier, like the logistics in my own head of things fitting into like, but at the end of the day, it's only stupid stuff. Like no one's going to know certain facts about things like even London, like where the London mm. was and just making sure that that was semi-realistic or, you know, locations fit within the context of New York and that sort of thing. But for me, it just has to fit so that I can find the right reference for it and do Andrew's script justice. Mm. Um, and then the only other challenge is sometimes the format, um, just being that it was a smaller page uh, and I was drawing them at normal kind of um, 11 by 17 inch comic size page. It was just being conscious of um, when we get into conversations, just leaving enough room for people to chat because you've got to leave even more room given that the font's going to stay the same size, but the book's going to come out smaller. I think that's the only thing off the top of my head I can think of mm. as, a, as, a, as a, you know, challenge in that, in that regard. But otherwise, um, no, I, I, what, what was really good is, um, uh, Andrew, you know, you, you were never waiting for anything. Um, you, you, get, you get the book, you can read it, um, you know, we can have a chat about it. But uh, he he would also respect the fact that sometimes I just want to be left alone to to draw some stuff and then I can show him and get his feedback on it. Um, so um, it's been fun. I don't like being a controlling writer. Um, I feel like once I hand the script off, it's actually all about what, how the way Paul wants to interpret it there. Yeah. Um, and I think it's very important as well that writers do respect the fact that artists are more than just your... They're not the hand of a writer who can't draw. Basically, they have to interpret it and they have to work what that script actually is. So you need that good relationship. And Paul and I, unfortunately for Paul, we actually get along quite well. Um, so, so, you know, and we do, and as I said, that I'm aware of, but I do understand that I will be dead soon. Uh, thank you, Paul. Um, <laughs> but um it's 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 actually like like it's it is like a, a a marriage in certain respects except we're not paying for half the things so you know it's really <laughs> 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 okay, paying for half that wasn't even like i just mean like you know we're, we're actually getting paid we're not paying each other. Oh. that's not what i mean should we, ask really another, should we ask another question so we can move on from that awkwardness? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's every moment I haven't been awkward in my life, thanks, Jermaine. But let's, let's keep going. Um, Paul, one of the biggest changes that you've probably made, and you talked about this in our pre-Supernova podcast, was actually uh, going digital. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, like, what are you, like, looking back at it, specifically you know kid phantom eight issues uh, i think you've done i can't remember what it was i think it was about it's almost half half now is it four you did original uh, i've done six six original um and then i did seven and eight um digitally yeah um sean bassett is particularly keen to know how it changes the process that you that you are following Oh, well, okay. Um, thanks, Sean and, and Howdy. Um, howdy. <laughs> I sound like a cowboy. Um, no, <laughs> They're in the world, <laughs> so. Well, yeah, we are in issue eight. <laughs> this, is this is true. Well, let's put it this way. I mean, you can see, in, this is great for podcasting. 
in the video there you can see my um, desk behind me um but i've been sitting here drawing on my ipad while um you're talking mm. so that's the probably the primary thing um because i haven't i haven't quite figured out i haven't been able to part with any of the traditional stuff um i guess it, it's changed the process and that it's it's made it more expedient and i can have all my work on one thing um like multiple stories going at the same time all in the one kind of mm easy location um it makes it easier for them coloring um and that sort of thing um i guess the drawback of course is not having those traditional pages but as i kind of pointed out before it's it's um not something i'm concerned with yet until i run out of money and then <laughs> i guess there's six folders full of stuff that um could get me through another week or two so <laughs> who knows um the i don't know I, I i can look down to the individual lines and sometimes traditional can be a little bit unforgiving and i'm not the best um i'm not the best inker or or, or you know scribbler by any stretch of the imagination so there's certain things i can do digitally and even when i'm tired it's quite forgiving yeah to the line that i create i can rub it out and do it again rub it out do it again without causing a problem mm. Whereas when I was tired doing traditional stuff, I could look back at the inking later and be quite embarrassed. So there's a lot of pages I can look back on the first six issues of Kid Phantom and be just embarrassed with certain panels or just wish that I could do it again and that sort of thing. Because the whole process has been a learning curve in itself, you know, trying to stretch different art direction styles um, accordingly. And then, you know, in the back of your head, you're always trying to ignore the the naysayers so mm. yeah. how do you how like both of you that's a brilliant point like how do you go with the naysayers do you just ignore them or like do you ever get tempted to write back and or do you like no. facebook well, no. stalk them so you can hunt them down or no i i don't opinion if you go into write or draw in and you go and do it professionally you're going to have people who like your work and people who don't like your work. Mm. And, the most, and the most important thing I find is um, you have to be tempered in your approach. You can't take anything too personally. Um, it's, I love it when people like my writing there, but I also appreciate it as well if they don't. It's, I'm not mm. to everyone's taste. And also everyone has an opinion on everything and not, yeah. you, you just, you have to disengage from the fact that people are going to have strong views and just realize that no matter what you do, people are going to, some people are going to dislike your approach and just realize that you just have to push through. Like, you know, the fact I keep on doing work is, is me is the ultimate sign that I'm doing okay. Yeah. So, you know, I just have to, Look, I've, I've never really cared what people think about, about me in that regard. Um, I think it's great when people do like my work and if they don't like my work, that's great as well. Like, you know, you should have an opinion about art or, or, or professional uh, writing there. So, you know, it's, it's all good by me, basically. Yeah, yeah, it depends on the time of day that you ask. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and I have vastly different approaches to this. Yeah. I, um, yeah, we've had this conversation many a time. Um, I think 
I think Andrew having being a sociopath kind of helps. <laughs> <laughs> no, no I, social. I really feel like this interview is not doing good things for me. All jokes aside, I, mean, I guess uh, there's a lot more confidence there in that regard, you know, like. Uh, it depends, as I said, it depends on the type of day. You know, sometimes mm. you know whatever, it's someone's opinion. If you've been at the drawing board for hours and you're tired and you haven't eaten, you might think a bit differently about something. Yeah. But and we're only human as well. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you do put a lot of work into something mm-hmm. uh, for, for it to be dismissed. But uh, having said that, though, you know, sometimes you fix this human nature that you fixate on the one or two. Uh, mm negative aspects and in doing so ignore the countless um positives and Mm. um platitudes and um nice um comments or even constructive comments or the fact that you're just continually getting a paycheck and you're doing your job (laughs) so sometimes you just you know everyone's got an agenda you know and everyone's putting up a certain front you know and and even in terms of social media um, people are putting on a, a persona mm-hmm. or they don't recognise that there's someone on the other end. So that's just the nature of the game. So mm. it's fine. And if I am really frustrated, I can, um, you know, head down. To Call the- me up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, um, or, or go and um, work it off somewhere. You know? Or do you ever put them in the kid fandom that like, gets beaten up or something like that? No, because like- that, that's... Uh. Why? No, that's that's me taking time to draw them, <laughs> and, uh, and, and also, and also as well, like, iteration. Not 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 to sound too serious, but it's it's also a kids' book as well, so I wouldn't want yeah. that sort of absolutely. Next vibe. Mm. Absolutely, uh, it's, it's it's all it's. This is supposed to be a, a light, fun book with the mm. occasional strong message in there that kids can do whatever they want. That they're they're not bound by what other people think think of them. So I, I would never want to be, and I think Paul agrees, you'd never want to be negative like that in a book which is so strong, strongly about having fun and conquering and, yeah. I put in people that I like or um, nods that which is why keep us happy. Just, <laughs> Paul's actually, every has everyone here been as an Easter egg by Paul yet? <laughs> the, the three of us were on the same yeah, page. Which was, page. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was... <laughs> Yeah, no, we. Um, I, I remember during the podcast we were talking about Easter eggs, and then um, I think we got distracted rather quickly when we found out that it was actually us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was Dan. Hang on, does that say expert? Hang on, <laughs> <laughs> that all happened live on the podcast. Yeah, we we from you know we all appreciate that little uh, that little nod, and um, oh, thank you for that. Like it's it's the least I can do for, you know, (coughs) when people get it, it, it's fun. You know, Mm. the fact that when we've, and you've talked about it countless times, so I won't dwell on it, but the idea of the Phantom just needing that longevity and and to reach various audience, no matter how it does that, um, as long as it's doing the right thing by the character and and the heart's in the right place, I think everything can be positive in that regard. And, And you guys have gotten it from the beginning. Um, even not even just because you've got your own kids is that you read the content as well and enjoy it for what it is. So mm. that's nice when you get an opportunity to kind of pay it back in that sense. 
So it won't be the last time. I'm sure you'll um, pop in somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, I certainly appreciate it. Somewhere, so so yeah. when we when we talk about the Easter eggs on the podcast, do you like have a giggle like when we miss one or when we get one wrong or or something like that? Yeah, yeah I do. I, I as I've said before, I don't like if it if it distracts from Andrew's story. I, I mm. hope that's not the case because I want I want that story to ring true. And mm. you know, and the fact that you know, if I sit there. If, you know, drawing this thing for like two months or three months, and then the 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 Easter eggs monopolise what people are noticing. I get a bit concerned, but yeah. um, uh, it is funny when when you're trying to figure it out, or you or I do laugh and think to myself, "Geez, am I that old?" If I've come up with a reference, and even you guys don't get it. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh no! So is anyway. There- is there one that stands out that um, you slipped in and we missed? Uh, not off the top of my head. I think you guys get most of the, the, the phantom-based ones and then sometimes there might be a little, like, side thing. Um, I know you got the Dick Tracy one in one of the issues. Um, you're pretty cluey. You kind of pick up on things. Sometimes you might miss one or two or you might clarify it a little later with me, but... Hmm. Nothing, nothing screams out off the top of my head. Um, um, maybe there was, there was one I did in in number eight that wasn't mentioned. It was, it, the script didn't really lend itself to sort of sneaking them in. No, so I just made yeah, like, right, 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 yeah. a bit of an Easter egg, but it's not a phantom thing. It's more of just a mashup based on the the, the cool character that Andrew came up with. Um, Is that fast shot? Well, you're a fan. Yeah, that's it. So part of it is, is he's a mashup of a, an old Clint Eastwood movie called Bronco Billy, who was a, a fast, like a trick shooter. If you look him up later, he's wearing the same clothes. Oh, right. Uh, the Yosemite Sam. So that was something that was fun. Andrew had the line with Varmint in there, and I thought it would just be fun. My grandfather was a big Yosemite Sam fan. Yeah. Um, so that was the, the inspiration behind his look. Well, that's why they missed the um, the Easter egg. I wasn't on that podcast when they discussed it. You see, they do tend to be better when you turn up, Steve. But well, that's right. <laughs> I can't argue with that. I can. <laughs> <laughs> but um, with oh, with the latest issue, it's only, it, am I right in saying it's only half the length? We've, it's a bit of a change up. Um, um, no, no, it's, it's, it's the same same length. It's, there's just two stories in there now. Yeah. So we we mentioned this in the podcast where we reviewed number eight. There was no credits given for um, the girl phantom story. Did you write that as well, Andrew? Or I assisted in that one there. Okay. Um, yeah. Because it's clearly, I mean, the the plot is, um, and I think we mentioned it, but the plot is heavily. Um, similar, I guess, to the the animated short film that um, you, your yeah, students yeah. at the Griffith Film School produced for. Um, yeah. So obviously that script's been kicking around for a while. Um, I think it has. I'm not like it's. I, yeah, I'm not so sure about that one. Um, but yeah, I think it's been around for a little while there. Mm-hmm. And um, so, is that? Do you guys know? Is that something that's going to be ongoing? That we're going to have a uh, well, Phantom Girl, um, short at the end of I th- the... I think there's a 
a plan to do some backup features. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and um, yeah, I just think there's, I, I think we might be doing some more then, but it's more of a case of wait and see. I don't want to give anything away, it's not my place. Yep. So uh, let's just let's just see how that rolls. Well, it, we we talked to Glenn, it's okay, just say whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I wait to say the big boss, I wait to see what the big big boss says. That's fair. Is it is it a weird feeling though to be you know you guys have produced this book um, just the two of you as you said for the first seven issues. Is it a weird feeling to be sharing the book with a, with another creative um, you know, team or whatever? Really? No, it's fine. Um, besides, we've got plans for other things as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I've told Glenn something I can speak about is that we've also got plans to do a kid fandom graphic novel as well. Oh wow. Awesome. There we go. That's the news. That's the kicker. There's it. Um, here first. That's, that's exclusive there. But Glenn will announce more news as he goes along there. That's just mm-hmm. something I've said that we can say that we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's... It's, it's, it's not... And I know there's other plans for Kid Phantom as well, which doesn't necessarily uh, hold me and Paul to be doing the work. But at the same time... Um, Paul and I understand what our role is in Kid Phantom. We're always told by Fru how important we are to the characters. So, you know, it's, 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 it's still, we're all in a very good place and it's still a great book to do. Mm. But yes, graphic novel coming up. Mm, that sounds excellent. Because the first graphic novel was really good. So, um, I really, you know. Do we all like the short story in the back? Um, the elephant one. Yeah. Uh, little sticky. Oh, yeah, that one. In the trade part, yeah, absolutely, yeah, that was it was a fun little story. Well, we keep mm. saying that word, don't we, all the time when we're talking about Kid Ben? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's what has to be. Like, if everyone keeps on saying, "God, I had fun with that book," that's all they mm. want to hear. Yeah, hold on. And yeah, it's what it's what my boy's getting out of it. Like when he was opening up the um the the gallery series, the cards, you know, they've just come out one of the first packs he opens and there's Kid Phantom sitting there at the front. Ah, oh, it's Kid Phantom. You know, the, the excitement yeah. in his voice. So, no, doing great. Yeah, that, that was probably Gus's favourite card to find too, I think, when he when he opened uh, his pack oh, and found the Kid Phantom card there. Oh, that's really lovely because I, I cringed at it um, because it's old work, but I'm really happy that it's <laughs> happy. Mm. So. I, I think just about every artist who we've spoken to has said, oh, gee, I'd, I'd rather a, a new picture of being on the card rather than one that uh because jamie johnson said very much the same thing i think grange did as well um yeah but uh that that's the nature of the beast isn't it we look back at work we've done two years ago and go oh, you know yeah it's true it's true it, it, yeah well, well something else was just saying today is that we generally like 50 percent instead of our work and that's actually a lie it's normally 25 percent we're actually happy with so. <laughs> this is true yeah, yeah. absolutely no, like normally it's as soon as I finish something and then I go, uh, okay. <laughs> but if it's done and I'll do better next time. Yeah. And that's what keeps you going. You know? Yeah, for sure. So we made mention of um, the video when we were talking about issue eight. Uh, will that be released to the public? Yeah. Uh, what video is that? Oh, the of the, the short movie. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, that's a poor question. Yeah, which is why I was answering it. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
<laughs> I'm right now texting Paul with a variety of words I cannot say online. Here we go. <laughs> well, thank you for that. Um, we did not want no, to have to press right. the A button. We're just getting the uh, the file organised by the uh, the young guys that did the producing and um, uh, the directing of that. So um, that will be out soon. That was something that even Glenn brought up the other day when we were having a chat. So um, yeah, we will release that. Um, not too distant future, I'd imagine. Awesome. And how exciting is it to be with the board game as well? Surely that's something that you would have to be proud of. Um, I think the board games is actually is. Let, let me talk for Paul because I'm clearly more important. Um, I, think, <laughs> I think the um, board games is actually symbolic of the um, effort which with um, all the work right now. Um, they are trying new things. They're investing in new ideas. They're really pushing for the Phantom um, to be more than just a comic book character in Australia. They want it to be a variety of mediums. I think it speaks to um, the ambition which Fru has for the character. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I was pretty happy to be asked to, to, to scribble in that one. And uh, as Andrew sort of points out, it's kind of a, uh, uh, I guess, a testament to, I know, the effort that he puts in in regards to the stories. So to be able to kind of um, and it was fun to do something slightly different with the character, like it mm. was, um, you know, given the setting, it's a little bit, I wouldn't say out of continuity, but it's obviously a, a separate kind of little thing. So it was um, um, exciting to kind of see that um, Kickstarter um, crack on as it did. Mm. Um, and then hit those marks where you know some more work was needed in order to do that so you know it, it um kept the kid fandom sort of fires going um between issues and um the vietnam stuff it's just a nice balance to sort of jump between things and that mm. um and and as andrew said you know you, these days with comic characters to have that kind of impact you sometimes have to be outside of the source medium that the concepts are born in. So yeah. if it can, if it, you know, the fact that it's got to go to certain places around the world, as well as um, primarily around Australia and be such a, um, a high quality product that it's um, looking that it will be, um, is really cool. And hopefully it brings people back to the books that we're, we're doing in the future. So. Mm -hmm. Well, what Paul? <laughs> <laughs> While there's this little break, um, I have actually I told Gus um, that we were going to be doing this recording earlier today, and uh, he had a couple of questions that uh, he wanted me to put to you guys. He wasn't allowed to stay up this late, um, oh. but I did record them, and uh, we'll see how we'll see how it goes. Um, sure. I might try and play the the first question for you guys now. Absolutely. Hi, Paul and Andrew. Um, I'm just going to ask a question. I was wondering why um, the Phantom webs Kid Phantom website hasn't got any new stuff in art class. 
or um, any new games. Uh, really like the I really like the comics and all the badges that the free badges that come with it. Thanks. Oh, very good. Um, Andrew, did this you is want actually to the hardest, This is the hardest question I've had all night. Um, <laughs> I have no idea why there isn't extra material up there. I wish I had a good answer for you. Um, except all I can really say from my point of view is mea culpa. Um, that's something which we should speak to Glenn and through about. Um, but yeah, all I've got is apologies here. Sorry. <laughs> He's hardly on there every day checking it. Um, it was only when I told, you know, I, rather than go back and flick through books, I said, he said, oh, what if I look at the website? And uh, then he got excited, started playing the game again. I had to drag him off there to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think I'm in the same boat. Like uh, maybe we should um, hang the webmaster. Um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> wow. no so, uh, like anything, you're juggling the, the, you know, the book as well as other books and the uni and that sort of thing. I mean, whatever content. I mean, it'd be a good question, I guess, for Glenn through that we, um, as Andrew was saying, that we chase that up. That's the only half asked answer I've got for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did, have, he, he did have a second question that I, uh, that I think should be a bit easier to answer. Or <laughs> so, oh, well, he's got a follow-up. Cool. Um, yeah. Oh, and I just wanted to know in what series does Kid and Grand go to school and in which series to Kit and Garan, go back to the jungle. Thanks. Um, so Kit and Garan are going to go to school in the next few issues there. Um, we're not going to actually, I don't think we're going to spend much time in class just because, <laughs> I, and what a surprise. Um, <laughs> just because I, we, we will have them in class, but we're not going to... Because um, they usually later. say, write what you know. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paul, if only you were a little bit less Paul. Um, no, but it's we're not going to labour it too much because I I don't want to hem them in. I think they're better when they're out in the world having adventures mm. there. Um, yeah. So what we're going to do is is show them in school, but then get them out doing what they do best, which is running, jumping, climbing trees, chasing down bad guys, basically. Uh, and when Garan goes back to the jungle, um, I'm not sure if that's something we're ever going to cover here, um, just because um, I feel like that's so far down the track for Kid Phantom um, for what we want to do with a character. Like, that's years away, and we want to... And I think they work really well. Like, I think... There's a nice balance between the two and they're equals in the story as well, which is something which is very important for me. And I think also for Fru as well and, and Paul, that uh, the characters were equals as well. It wasn't a, mm. it wasn't a, a Samwise Ganji Frodo relationship. Like mm. the person in charge's trip is Garan. Like he is he's the adult, he's clearly um, more adept at certain things than kids. 
So it's, it's important that we have that equality in the relationship. And now that we've developed that and the robustness of that relationship, it's not something I would give up easily. Mm. Agreed. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. I told you the second question was going to be easier. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, that fits within our wheelhouse of the, the stories and the books um, going forward. And um, I think we've, we've discussed it previously that, you know, there's certain liberties that you need to take in order to update things um, as well as tell a compelling story. And that dynamic is the most interesting that we've found anyway, you know, particularly the early issues where they, where they were still trying to find their way of Kit being overexcited and Garan trying to sort of pull his head in and in, and in some ways maybe curtailing his tendencies to want to be the phantom in that sense, mm. but then realising that in certain aspects it's, it's come to, it's beneficial or it's, it's come to their advantage when the chips have been down. So mm. rather it's about just making sure that they continue to do the right thing. And, um, and in that way, hopefully the readers um, pick up on that as well from even a young age, you know, mm. Mm. that they identify with, um, well, maybe sometimes it's better to listen rather than run off half cocked and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So. Oh, and every parent just went, amen. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we certainly liked that a lot better than when Andrew said before that uh, kids should learn they can do whatever they want and don't have to listen to people. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, this is now my best interview of all time. I'm really, I'm really, <laughs> kids do what they want. I'm a sociopath. This is amazing. <laughs> well, I sound like some sort of evil Montessori teacher. <laughs> 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 um gus mentioned the pins i i, I love the pins yeah um i you know um you know I, I brought extra so i can have you know extra extra pins and i'm sure i'm not the only one who did that as well okay. um but i believe we've now ran out of have we, is there is there another pin to go in the next issue uh, no, I think that's all six, so I'm not too sure what's in the works there. Okay, well, that was going to be my next question, is what's next? <laughs> <I guess. laughs> ah, see, I anticipated that. Yeah, um, very <laughs> that is always my Jermaine's question, is, is what's next? What more can I have? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the collector. Uh, well, I'm not the only one who would have been wondering oh, what's no, next absolutely. as well. No, no, it's fine. Um, I've also Got to mention as well, we will be introducing a new character um, based upon a Fru character soon. Um, a, a young character um, based upon the Panther character. Oh. Um, a newer version of that, which will also be introduced in the, into the Kid Phantom universe there. Um, but once again, details are not sketchy, but they're not mine to reveal. But mm. um, it's a pretty exciting character there. And it's one which I've been working on with Glenn, and I've, and I've told Paul a little bit about it as well. Um, oh, well. So that, should be, that should be coming down the road soon. Yeah, that's cool. Mm. So is there room for other, like, obviously we've still got Diana to come. Um, yeah. 
but is there room for like other characters as well? Like we've been introduced to the girl fan and we've been introduced to Mandrake or Boy Drake. And then, um, you know, uh, Diablo as well. So there's, <laughs> there's room for the universe to kind of have its own, own set of characters. Look, we have other ideas for characters there as well. There's been discussions yeah. about other King's characters there, younger versions of people who may have been in different things, but that's a ways off yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's always room for more phantom characters. Like, you know, we want to expand this universe out as much as possible and make yeah. its own thing. Um, so yeah, there's definitely going to be some other, um, some other exciting characters down the road there as well. Hmm. So Andrew, why the panther? Is there something about the panther that? Um, um, I think the panther. Mixed, I think there's something about the panther that mixes in very well with a character like the Phantom as well. It gives someone who has a similar, superficially at least, appearance and also back background, while still allowing us to reinvent it for the modern time. As a, the Phantom's a very distinct character, and you don't want to play around with that formula at all. You want the Phantom. That you always want. No matter what you do with Batman, he will always be Batman, right? Same thing yep. applies to Phantom. You always want to be Phantom. But with these older characters well, which have a little bit more, which don't perhaps have the same sort of history, you've got a nice DNA there which you can meld and move and twist. So that's what we're hoping to do with a few of these through characters well. Still keep the core uh, components in place, but have a bit of a chance to reinvent them for a younger audience as well. Oh, cool. I don't want to yes. butt in here, but I think it's pretty cool how Diablo knows if when something's going wrong in the bank. Diablo is super cool. We love Diablo. Diablo is one of the favourite characters I made. Um, is that because he reminds so, of you? I wish he reminds of me. He's so much smarter. Um, and more capable. He, he reminds me, he actually reminds me of this dog I had called o o Odin, who looked like like the scruffiest golden retriever you've ever met. Like, he didn't stop. He used to just put his bum on the ground to break when he was running to the <laughs> So, you know, it's... And, you was know, was that in the notes like, when that came through to you, Paul? I'm enjoying the story as much as you, gents. <laughs> <laughs> Paul's actually the son of the assassin. You have to you have to listen for it because he will always kill you if you're listening. Um, <laughs> just, and yeah, Diablo's. It was nice to. Um, that was actually a suggestion from Glenn. Um, yeah, Glenn was. Yeah, Glenn's actually come up with a lot of the um, material which you see there, like. Um, and he's had some really good ideas. All most all his ideas are really good, and, and we've been able to because there's because there's Fru and Paul and me. Um, there's actually a lot of people there with some really strong ideas, and and they work. So you've got a lot of material to play play with, basically. So you get mm. great characters like Diablo there. Mm. And Andrew, do you prefer writing the uh, the good guys or the bad guys? Because um, the, the the villain that pops up in every issue seems to be just a, a lot of a lot of fun. They've got their own individual quirks, and uh, I get I get the sense that you probably enjoy writing them every bit as much as you as you like um, penciling stuff for the others. Um, 
Yeah, look, I I like bad guys. I, I like a I like a robust character. I like a character which is more than just a like a I'm the bad guy. Sure, that's mm. great. Like you've only got a short amount of space to give these characters the robustness mm. they they need. And they do. They all have. They all have a clear backstory. Yeah, and that's something which I've always. That's the hardest part. Is the easiest thing is to write action. The hardest thing is to write character. Um, so you know, we we do give a lot of space to making sure these characters are ro- robust in this short space. So um, yeah, I love writing. The the only reason the Phantom works. No, not the only reason. That's a silly thing to say. Um, the reason the Phantom works in these stories here is because that he's got good characters to play off, I find, at least. Um, so it's actually important that these bad bad guys are really fun characters and clearly clear, clear they are. Mm. Yeah, I do enjoy um, reading a new one and then just trying to figure out what it reminds me of or what the <laughs> might be, you know, just to kind of play with. Um, yeah. So who's been your favourite bad guys or on the topic of them? Oh, shit. I like LeCompte because he is despicable. Like, he is, <laughs> he's not even, like, a worthwhile person. He's the sort of person I was really glad that he got his clock clean. Like, he's just... <laughs> um, I also like Farshot Farley because he's such, once again, such a doof- doofus. Um but yeah, like it's whatever day. Sometimes I like Clay Cleaver. It's just whatever day. There it is. Paul, who's yours one, man? That's a good question. Um, I do like Cleaver because um, she remind he rem- well she reminded me of um, Grace Jones when I was reading mm. it. That was the visual that I wanted, and um, I like. Um, I don't know. I think of it in terms of visual, like the the um, the Rat King was um that was fun to kind of do that kind of suit that new york kind of um um underground kind of sewer thing with the donald trump style haircut um that was i don't know if anyone picked up the subversive upside down american flag on the front cover of that but (laughs) just kind of playing on those sorts of little visuals um um i do like um matthew kennedy that kind of um it reminded me of the Cray brothers um, in the 1950s mm. um, London. So I wanted to do that kind of style gangster playing off what Andrew had set up. Bringing that character back was fun. I don't know if he'll ever fit onto a universe card, but I have drawn him. Kind of, <laughs> I like the kingpin in that sense that he's probably going to take up a lot of room or but um, yeah, I, I don't know. It depends on, as I said, on the type of time of day. Um, you get to kind of play with the different visuals, and it's like he's got his own unique rogues gallery in that sense. Mm. Um, it's kind of fun. Um, but Steve, Lecomte yeah. uh, reminded me of an old character from the Spirit, um, mm. Mister Carrion. Um, so it was kind of a combination of that and visually and. Um, Fagan mm. or um, you know the Oliver kind of characters mm. from Oliver so uh, doing that and then of course the Mr. Carrion character had he had his um, vulture on the shoulder that's why I put my Galar Rosie on the on the shoulder there as something different mm. just to kind of that's the fun part you get a, a fun script and then you can 
um, see a character in your head and mm. kind of just throw it down and hope it works. So, <laughs> so Dan and Stephen, who are your favourite bad guys? I, I probably would go with LeCompte for the similar sorts of reasons for, for what Andrew said. A, a, just a genuinely bad guy who... Yeah, the, the the cutaway, I'm sure we talked about it at the time, but the cutaway scene where um, we don't actually see what he's doing. I'm trying to find the page now. Um, but it, it was, it was he's a nasty guy. And it was really good, as, as Andrew said, to see him get his uh, clock cleaned. Stephen? Stephen? You going to sleep? Stephen. I did. Stephen's taking a nap. Bye, Stephen. <laughs> fire! Fire! <laughs> no, we've lost him. No? Oh. We've either lost him. Is he still on the thing? Yeah. His name's still sitting there. So he's fallen asleep again. It's fine. I've been, I lectured at, when I lecture at uni, there's at least one student that'll <laughs> The I, last... I I have a bit of a monotonous or monotone style voice sometimes or I waffle on trying to find the right words. So it's all good. If it's if it's any consolation, uh, Steve's got um he's got history with this. The last podcast that just went live today, you could actually hear him snoring oh. as we were chatting. <laughs> I'll uh I I haven't been online yet, uh, apart from when I come home and, and set this up, so I'll have to have a look later. Um now I've got a question regarding the Rat King, Andrew. Um, yes. Now we we briefly discussed this when we were doing the podcast, but is is he an actual like a real rat, or because like he says that his mask doesn't come off? But is there ah. is there something behind that? Maybe I have ideas, but um, he's definitely not a normal dude. That much is certain. There, that wasn't the mask he was wearing. Yeah. So um I think we I think there was now this is probably this is probably drawing a long shot, but in the Mandrake universe there was the rat people or something like that, I think they were called, who was actually from an alien race who battles Mandrakes. So I know it was a long shot, but is it is it anything to do with that or is it a total different idea? Look, it that's not the direction I was thinking about it. But okay. but at the same time there's who knows? <laughs> who knows? It could be. So in other words, wait till you read it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Is what I'm getting. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not saying that's the case, but yes, that's the case. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> We'll move on to the next question then. <laughs> <laughs> so I wish you were right, Jermaine. I just, I just thought some, sometimes the, the best thing is never to answer the quick question. Mm. And as much as I like to answer the question there, I'm not ever sure I actually will. Not yeah. because there yeah. isn't an answer there, but there's nothing more annoying sometimes in revealing what the mystery is. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's, I, I, I agree. I just had to ask. Absolutely. <laughs> no, please, always ask. You, yeah. you, you, you might catch me at a weak moment there. I go, I have all the answers for you. Please listen. <laughs> um, Dan, you got another question from Gus? No. <laughs> uh, he's got, he's, he's 
he's got a little comment at the end for when we start to wrap up, but no, no more questions. Okay. <laughs> he, he, he does just, he um, just gets so excited because we subscribed to it for him. It, it was his birthday mm. present last year. I think. He just gets so excited when the envelope comes and it's actually got his name on it instead of mine. And because... Uh, <laughs> He sees me getting the regular fruits, which are obviously, you know, every fortnight and his, his only comes once every three months. So um, he gets very excited when he sees the envelope with his name on it. And yeah, just um, can't wait to, to rip it open and, uh, and devour the comic. He loves it. Oh, excellent. That's, that's really good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, that's, I mean, that's the aim. So it's really nice yeah. to that sort of stuff. The last thing we want anyone to do is it, it, this is a book for kids, and we've really went into that as the book's gone along as well. Mm. Like the way we choose panel the books change, mm. uh, the density of the stories has changed. We've made it more visual as well, mm. and that's just you know that's us understanding as well. And not that's not on Paul; that's on me. Yeah. Um, always knew what he was doing there, but I like to think that as we've moved along there, I've lent in to making sure the story is much more visually appealing to um, children as well. Mm. Is that another reason why the pages um, are down to 22 or 20? To um, no, they, they'll, they'll go back up again. They'll be up uh, about okay. uh, 28 or so. And the book is, the book's normally between 28 to 32. Um, mm. you'll, I think you'll find in the last story that it was a 30, uh, the total story count was 32. So you're still going to get 32 yep. of story in the book. Okay, so only occasionally we're going to get a shorter Kid Phantom story and then with they're that going, we'll yeah. use a... Yeah. They're just going to vary it up for a while. That's all that's going on there. Okay, that's cool. It, we, are you aware of um, the second trade paperback coming? Because obviously the we, we, we've said a number of times there's eight issues and uh, the first four were collected into um, the Kid Phantom Collection number one. Is Kid Phantom Collection number two due soon, do you know? Uh, uh, yep, Paul? Sorry. You go, you go. All I was going to say is is I, I'd imagine they're just holding off for a bit because eight just sort of came out. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the, the tricky part, of course, when you're dealing with the trade paperback is, you know, if the audience has all the issues, they might not necessarily buy the trade paperback right away. Sure. So yeah, it's, it's just one of those things, I imagine. But um, I mean, I've got the cover done, so it's just uh, a matter of uh, not if, but when, I would imagine. But um, you know, um, that that when it comes down to those choices, that's more of a decision above us, as opposed mm. to you know, and and very business based, I suppose, in terms of when the market's going to be right for it. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. So Christmas, um, ready for our ready for our son's Christmas stockings. Oh, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> yeah, because it's it's August. You raise a good point there, Dan. It's it's not far away from Christmas, is it? Well, look, that's <laughs> the thing. Like like anything, um, you know, it's all about speaking with um, wallets or, or foot traffic. Mm -hmm. So you mm. know, if people are interested. They got to they got to let them know. You know, um, mm. that's, that's the main thing. So. There's Steve. That was the chime in. Yeah, I, saw that. I thought he was just really hankering for that trade paperback for a while. <laughs> <laughs> crumbling at the, at the prospect. <laughs> uh, 
it'll be interesting. I'll uh, it'll be interesting to see if this records on separate tracks so we can edit him out. <laughs> no, I reckon leave him in. Leave him in and make it louder. Just commentary, that's all. It's all good. It's just humble when we're talking a bit too long and you hear someone snore, you go, right. <laughs> so, so, Dan, yeah. another question for you. What will be your most favourite moment of the eight issues that we've seen so far? I thought that the the three journalists around the boxing ring uh, in London, that was... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was my favourite? No, I'd, I would say I'd go back to that. Um, back to the the fight with Leconte, um, and I found uh, I had it open there before. It's um, the the fight uh, on page thirty thirty one, uh, where is that, that sequence he's watching and he's excited, and then his face starts to drop as mm. he realizes that the that Kid Phantom's getting on top, and uh, then he's just devastated by the end of it. I thought that was a really cool sequence. That would probably be my favourite favorite sequence from the book. Hmm. What about um, what about you guys, uh, Paul and Andrew? Do you have like a favourite moment that, you know, you're really proud of or think that you really knocked it out of the park or? Um, I think Paul's knocked most of the visual moments out of hmm. the park though. He's probably just go, oh, be quiet, Andrew. There he goes. Just made a face at me. Um, <laughs> Um, I, I, the moment which I like recently, um, and there are lots of moments I like, um, I like a lot in the issue before this when they're running through the town because it gave us a chance, when they're running through New York, it gave us a chance to look back what the Phantom means. Mm. Um, with just how the Phantom views himself, how Graham views the Phantom, I mean, so sorry. And what I found most exciting was the idea um, seeing Phantom hug the child when he mm. got into the other because it just reminds us that this what to me at least I, and the writers think differently about what their favourite moments are because it's never what you expect because it's always about what moments mean to themselves personally as opposed to what it means to the narrative mm. so the reason I like that moment there is it just reminds us that for me at least that this story is about the audience which is Pete, which is people the age of the person, Tommy, um, which the fandom is interacting with. So it's just, it's just a reminder. This is this is about the phantom helping the readers or the children read the book. Mm. Um, it's just uh, for me at least. That's a nice little visual representation there. Yeah. No, I'm glad you made mention of that. I, I remember when we did the podcast, we all loved that as well. Um, yeah. It's that, that that bit was actually stolen from the um, first Superman film. <laughs> oh yeah, it was too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> never an original idea in my life. Um, but yeah, well, I think it's the way you adapt them. Like in a similar vein, um, I, I sitting next to Angus when he read. I can't remember which issue it was where um, Kit and Grand climb the lamp the lamppost when they see a truck. And that's that's taken directly from um, Lee Falk's original story, but the way that you adapt yeah. it, put it in, he he didn't know that he hasn't seen the original story, but he got a real oh. life out of that page, sort of thing, and uh, and that that <laughs> moment, so it it impacted on him, even though and, and me in, in different ways. And you've said that before about that oh. joke between 
um, you know, whether it's Easter eggs or references that, that we get as older people, but uh, he experienced it for the first time and really loved that. So, mm. um, yeah, oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I think um, um, I'm just trying to think about it for a sec. It's important, I think, for us to combine the, the original folk stories there um, and wherever possible use the source material. Like the first issue itself is almost the entire short story, uh, the story before from the um, folk novels there. Mm. Um, or they actually, because there's this gap there. So the entire first issue there, which I wrote issue two, is almost the entire folk story from the book where uh, Kit gets on the boat to go overseas. Mm. Uh, and also when they landed in the issue as well, uh, the issue before the most recent issue, issue seven there, that's also um, almost, a lot of that is, ta ta is taken from the folk story where they landed in um, New, New York there. So mm. where we do, we always try to include the original material there, but mm. with the gaps, we just mm. do our, we're, we're always paying homage to folk, but we're also doing our own thing as well. Mm. I think from a... I, you know, even though me and Dan probably differ, but from a, a, a purist point of view, like we, we're not just young readers. We are fandom fans. We study the fandom, yeah. we read the fandom, we know the fandom. Those sure. homages, in my opinion, it, it, it's, it speaks volumes just that you guys are not trying to dish the fandom and just, it's just not a job for you guys. It's a, it's a love of the character as well because you just put that care of those parts into it. So from, from my point of view, when I see those, it, you know, it, my respect for you guys actually grows because of those. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And I, I think the, the, the moment where we, we found out that the, the captain of the trotter had, yeah. had the good mark and had been kind of, looking out for the boys all along. I think that was a nice reveal and, and speaks to that exact thing that Jermaine's uh, saying. Oh, thank you. It's, um, that was a moment we decided to put it in there and Paul's, uh, it was Paul's, uh, Paul and Glenn's decision as well. Um, just because we wanted the reader once again to hark back to what we did in issue two, mm. where uh, just remind Kid Phantom he's never alone. Yeah. Uh, there's always going to be time watching out for him. I think that's important as well. Um, because I always like the idea for kids, like it's, it can be a pretty big world out there, especially if you're yep. a huge future fandom. So always to have to know that there's always a friend for you, no matter what mm. you're doing there. Um, I think mm. um, it's just a nice touch basically. Yeah. Was it issue three where you had the other agents? You had that, um, or was it no issue? Which issue was it? Five would have been the, um, just before they left the Ivory Coast. I think yeah. With, um, the yeah, so, like, you know, you've um, got, yeah, the... And I, I, I like that idea of, um, you know, the... Yeah, there it was, the the, the, the Phantom Agents or whatever, you know. Right. Throughout. Yeah, that was... I really did like that. Mm. I get a kick out of some of that stuff, too, when I get the script and I read through, because as a fan, I can go, ah, you know, like you guys, I'll recognise those little bits mm. myself. That'll make it fun to kind of draw in that regard. So yeah, yeah. Um, no, I guess. Uh, I mean, my 
I like action. So, you know, when there's a bit of action, it's all about trying to figure out the best way to take out a guy, you know, <laughs> so, uh, you know, making, making each strike or kick look different. Mm. Um, yeah. And, but there's a sense of accuracy to it as well, or at least trying to, so, mm. That, that's I guess that's the fun bits for me, or at least uh, sometimes it's just sneaking in my um, chisel, the bird. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just giving her a stupid. Chisel is my nightmare. Every <laughs> scene I'm in, I see this bird. <laughs> so you're oh, not man. you're not writing action for Chisel then, Andrew? No, no, I love Chisel, but every time we this is great. Oh, there's the bird. I was expecting that. <laughs> Yeah, I like to understand tension with a stupid look on the bird's face. <laughs> I like um, Sorry. Sorry, I was just gonna say I liked how on the back cover of um Fall you've got the two birds fighting. Yeah, well they don't get on in real life, so <laughs> I don't know if you saw that one panel in issue seven where I have Rosie um, the Galar sneak off the boat. Um, and they're eyeing off each other in that one panel. Um, so is there a reason why Rosie doesn't get much of a gig as, um, as Chisel? Well, logistically, she was hanging out with Lecompte, so she might pop up again where it feels right, you know. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I just... Uh, You've yeah, got your favourites. Yeah, well, no, I don't have favourites. Logistically, in the story, you can't just paste in animals wherever you like. (laughs) (laughs) It's more that that, um, Chisel just started off as a thing for for Kit to be doing while he was sitting there feeling sorry for himself in the first issue, and it kind of just spun out of that. Hmm. The fact that he was sitting there in the windowsill, I wanted him to be just scratching a bird's head thinking about how he'd screwed up that day. Hmm. Um, and that's where that idea just sort of spilt out further. You know, there's precedence that he, that the, as an adult, he has Fracker and he also has, mm-hmm. what's the other bird's name? Uh, it's another F sounding name. I read it in a story recently. Um, it's the Cy Barry thing. I'll find it while we're talking. But yeah. So. I think I think like the monkey mail, there's been different names. So there's Fracker. I think there's Dart is another one who only appeared in the one story. Um, oh right, okay. So, uh, but Fracker's the Fracker's probably the um, Fracker's the main one I've seen. Yeah, once. yeah. I think it's Fracker, and they just um, they've just kind of stuffed it up. I don't think so because they specifically say it's the female. It's a female. Um, Falcon. Mm, okay. so, uh, if I can find it while we're sitting here, it's only because I was reading another story um, for research and I had to crack open a, uh, one of the annuals that I hadn't opened yet and um, went through and, and found this Cy Barry story and because um, I love Cy's work, as we all do. And just came across it and went, oh, he's got another bird. You know, mm. something that I would notice. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, bird enthusiast in that regard from, from Amanda's influence. So, 
if I can find it while we're sitting here, great. But if not, it really makes for a boring conversation. So <laughs> well, there's a, uh, a game that the, the listeners can play at home. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Question. Pick it. I, I always, always thought you are more of a bird survivor than a bird enthusiast, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> well. Yeah, I, know that, I know that laugh from Paul. Yeah, be quiet, Andrew. Thanks. Um, <laughs> Um, I don't think we've actually got any more questions. Dan, have you, can you think of anything else that we haven't asked or that we've missed? No, I'm, I'm um, just, you know, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. I, I, we've solved some, solved some mysteries there. I guess that the, the main one is that, um, you know, just to communicate how much we're still really enjoying it. It's, uh, yeah. you know, um, I'd love to be talking to you guys again two years from now when we're or, or in the lead up to issue 20 and all this sort of thing. And, uh, you know, um, onward, onwards, May it March. Yeah. No, that'd be great. And also we've got the um, graphic novel coming up now as well. Which yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Graphic novel with a panther. It gives more of a space to kind of flex um, a story in. Sometimes mm. the shorter formats are a bit restrictive and the longer formats give you that really yeah. So presumably the graphic novel story, I know you probably can't reveal a whole lot, but it, it would be a standalone, um, but I guess still the continuity of the of the regular issues? Or? Yeah, look, it's not going to ignore continuity at all, but it, it will be the same thing. It'll be, part of, it'll be part of the same story universe, basically. Mm. Yeah, but it won't be like part nine and 10 and 11. No, no, we're not going to be like, oh, yeah, here's this thing you're going to go off for. It will be a story which you can enjoy by itself, basically. Yeah. Cool. Excellent. Is it Fola? Or Fola is the name of the female falcon? It's in, um, I'll find the story. Uh, Paul, by any chance, do you uh, do uh, this type of stuff academically? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, not as, not as much as I should be. Um, you just put a busy working, but yeah, in a, in a rough round of way, you do pick out little pointless facts that no one cares about, but we're on a fan of podcasts. <laughs> yeah, that is. What's the story? Uh, the heirs. The so, um, it's, uh, story from 1978, 79. I think it's around the time when the twins, are about to be born. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's when uh, it looks like Diana is coming to obviously see the Phantom and can't get a hold of him. So they're sending out all sorts of messages, and Fowler is the female falcon that operates with the monkey mail. So there you go. Well, it's mm. not often that uh, Jim would be tripped up by a piece of Phantom trivia, so you've done very well there. <laughs> uh, it was coincidence, I guess. I was going through for something else entirely. So, hmm. yeah, nice work. If you want to see that one, that's in the Thousand Fish You Were Through with the Keith Chato cover. So, there you go. And you opened that. Yeah, I opened it. Well, I needed a story in it. And, uh, oh, you should have let me know. Was it a. I've got it. We've got all the dailies and Sundays in digital format. Ah, uh, never mind. I'll, I'll hitch up next time. But no, the, yeah. the the wrapping was starting the fray anyway. So uh, regardless, can um, we uh, can we pry as to which which story you were actually chasing and why? 
Uh, oh, no, I was just curious because I was reading The Masked Marvel recently and I thought I only had the edited version and then oh. I realised I had the un- uncut version because yep. um, uh, I think Jimmy might have sent me a, an Instagram saying um, he had an original from the story and he showed me and I recognised that I hadn't seen those panels before. Oh, okay. So right. I went hunting. Yeah just to kind of go over it, so. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, no, I've just picked up that story now, and, and there it is. Yeah, cable means fast, fracker in deep woods will fly a message by a folder. There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> as always. Are you still with us? Sorry, man. I, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. This went a bit off, off topic, but... Um, no, uh, bringing it back on track, I do appreciate the the positives and the feedback and the general interest in, in what we're doing with Kid Phantom. Um, it's been fun doing those um, different stops along the way with the different villains and, you know, even the, there was Muhammad Ali page with you mm. gent, um, were on. It's probably my favourite panel just because I got to draw Muhammad Ali. So, uh, <laughs> that was, I thought you know. it was us, but yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think it, uh, we, we've done very well to share the page. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we wrap up, I do have one last comment from Gus, as I sort of alluded to. So this is this is him. Thanks, Paul and Andrew, for talking on the podcast and answering all my questions. The stories are really good and Diablo is really cute. Keep up the good work. Happy fan to me. <laughs> that's awesome. That's yeah, really cool to hear. Awesome. I'm actually, I'm actually quite chuffed by that, sincerely, and it's very hard for me to be sincere. Oh. <laughs> you know that, that part in the Grinch movie where his heart grows a few sizes? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, very good. Uh, thank, thank you, Gus. Really, I'm, not, I'm not denying that at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else from you, Dan? No, just a huge thank you for the work that you're doing. It's, um, uh, you know, from this grizzled old fan of fan, it's a, it's a great way to bring my son into the, into the journey with me. And, uh, you know, it's, um, yeah, I really love what you're doing and, uh, and appreciate, again, as Gus said, appreciate you taking the time to talk to us tonight. So thanks mm. very much. Oh, no. Thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, the pleasure is ours. Um, you know, just the pleasure is Paul's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, just I'm, I'm. I think I'm just rambling now. It's been a long day, but yeah, no, I, <laughs> it, it is. It is greatly appreciated. Um, and and uh, Andrew's sentiments are correct. Like uh, that comment from Gus is really lovely and. Uh, you know, even when you guys reviewed the first issue and, you know, subsequent issues and you were getting little sound bites from people, um, it was very kind. Um, and, and even like going to the cons and having people, you know, I'm sure Andrew got a lot of people coming over to his table, uh, um, over the sipping over recently and, um, and then coming over to us as well, you know, just to get that sort of face-to-face feedback from people that, that dig it and get the concept and get what we're doing and know that we're not, coming from a place of um, complacency, you know. We, we love the Phantom as much as you guys. So, mm. thank mm. you. No, thank you. All good. Thank you, both of you, Andrew and Paul, um, for joining us, giving us your time. Um, 
I know, I know, Andrew, you've just come back from America and Paul, you're a very busy man yourself, so we appreciate your time. Um, oh, good. Doesn't Paul's workday start about now? <laughs> Usually, yeah. Yeah. That's, his, that's his second shift. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, you go. I was going to say, when Paul gets uh, eventually he's uh, put to rest, it's going to say on his gravestone there, no longer tired. <laughs> uh, are you with us, Steve? Yeah. Oh, no way, sir. I think I may have popped out for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we heard you um, counting the Zeds for a little bit there, buddy. Yeah. Um, um, do oh. you have a favourite moment of the um, of the of the of the last couple of issues that you've enjoyed? Because we're actually just wrapping up, so we'll give you a, we'll give you a minute or so. I've, I've been I've been up to date for the last few minutes. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Have you got anything you want to say before we leave, then, Steve? <laughs> uh, no, just um, follow on what what Dan was saying. Just a yeah, big thank you to to the both of both of you guys for um, the work you, you guys have been doing on the uh, on the comic. It's um, I know I've appreciated it and so has my boy and yeah. um, I hope uh, lots of other people have been as well. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Um, thank you for your time and um, yeah, thank you. No All right, thanks, guys. All right, should we quickly record the outro? Yep, before Steve falls asleep again. How long was I out for? I feel like I was out for a little while. Uh, I reckon it would have been a good half hour. Yeah. We, we only threw to you once and uh, realised you weren't uh, <laughs> anywhere with us. <sighs> are, you, um, are you in the car? Yeah. Yeah. Were you in the car last time? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm waiting for the moment where you like spend the whole night in the car. <laughs> we we well, discussed that at the end of the Salvaludo uh, podcast. <laughs> well, it might happen soon. I'm getting a new car, so. Oh, cool! Something <laughs> might be nice. More, bit more comfort. But yeah, it might be yeah, nice and comfy. We'll get one with some um with a seat warmer as well, so we can keep warm. <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, thank you guys, um, Andrew and Paul, for uh, for your time tonight. Um, boys, how good was that? Always a pleasure. Yeah, it no, was fantastic. Good. Yeah, do, do like um, chatting with with those guys. There's such a, a fun dynamic between the two of them. They've got a, a really <laughs> yeah. uh, a really fun relationship. Um, that I'm glad that they can uh, enjoy a bit of banter with us. And it was good for Andrew to keep it clean for us. Yes. <laughs> Keep it as an all-ages po- podcast. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so as we, as we uh, wrap up, uh, tonight was actually the first time that we used our new software. Um, so we've been trying a new software. So hopefully all the listeners noticed the sound improvement. Oh, fingers um, crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> um, so a huge, and that, Basically, this software uh, has cost us some money. So a huge thank you, thanks to our Patreon uh, backers who helped us to basically um, purchase this software. So, and we're really happy with it. We're, 
aiming to be able to do some more videos with it and stuff like that. Um, did you guys enjoy the new software tonight? So far, so good. I'm looking forward to, don't take this the wrong way, I'm looking forward to pressing stop and making sure that the recording is worked and it's a format that we can use. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, obviously the first time trialling it, I'm not sure what it's going to look like in the editing suite just yet. But uh, um, yeah, it, it, all, all indications are positive right now. Yeah, I must admit, I got a little bit nervous 20 minutes in thinking, oh, did Dan press record? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it says recording in the top left-hand corner. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't oh, you watching can, you that. You can see that too, can you? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, that's what made me realise I was pressed record. Um, so, yeah, a huge thanks out. A huge thanks to our Patreon listeners, but also and, the people who have brought the stickers and the T-shirts, yeah. which has helped pay for it as well. So what were you going to say, Dan? Yeah, exactly that. Just that uh, anyone who, who supported us by buying the shirt or the stickers um, has contributed significantly. So. Exactly. Uh, we still have stickers left. So if you are interested, uh, let us know. Basically, you're looking at about 15 bucks for postage in Australia and about 20 um, international when it comes with six stickers. And if you buy more than one set, we can, we can sort out a deal as well. So um, hit us up on Facebook. Or email, which is chroniclechamber at gmail.com. Uh, you can find everything out about us on our website, which is chroniclechamber.com. Um, our social media links is Facebook, which is Chronicle Chamber. And then we're also um, admins on the Phantom Collector group as well. So if you want to share some stuff about your collection, that's a brilliant place to put it. Mm. On Twitter, we are at Chronicle Tweets. On Instagram, we are at Chronicle Chamber. And of course, you can subscribe to us on iTunes um, or via apps if you're an Android user like Podbean, Player FM, Castbot, Listen Notes, etc. etc. Um, one thing I did forgot to say, even though it's on the run sheet and I just completely skipped over it, is that of course, all our Patreon uh, users do get access to the Phantom Preservation Project, which is a reward level for those who. Uh, support us with five dollars. You there? Just froze mid sentence, didn't he? Just after we've given the software a big wrap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, while we wait for Jim to come back, I'll also mention that the um, Patreon subscribers will go into the raffle for a uh, yes. the, the spring the seasonal raffle. By the time you hear this. Um, that'll only be a couple of weeks ago away, the end of winter finally. And um, and we've got a, it looks like an, another Hermes Press book to be able to give away to one of our patrons as a, as a, an extra thank you for your support there. Yes. And how do we draw that again? It's for every dollar they get an entry. Is that correct? Yeah, that's exactly right. For every dollar per month that uh, you support us, you get an entry. And um, it was won last time by someone who had five tickets in the raffle because they supported us for five dollars a month. So awesome, no worries. So, boys, enjoyed your time tonight, enjoyed catching up with you, Stephen. Always a pleasure, Dan. Always a pleasure from me. Happy phantoming, and uh, from me also, happy phantoming. Thanks, guys, and you happy phantoming, everyone. Enemies beware, the phantom's always there, but you won't find the phantom. He finds you. Thank
ちゃん。